Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, guys? It's Braden Soprenit. I want to thank you for downloading the latest episode of the Braden Soprenit Show. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at B underscore S-U-R-P, and be sure to tune in every Sunday for the Braden Soprenit Show from 8 to 10 in the morning right here on 97.3 The Fan. Enjoy the show, guys. Good morning, San Diego. Time to take your airwaves back from the usual weekend noise with some local sports talk on the Braden Soprenit Show. With the stars that they have signed under contract, you can't just punt on a Manny Machado prime. Sports year. radio cater to the ones who call America's finest city home. Braden totally knows his stuff. He's ready for the next step. That guy is good. The Braden Soprenit Show starts now. But I think Braden is one of the up-and-coming young stars in the media game in San Diego. Here's your host, Braden Surprenant. Good morning, San Diego. What's going on on a Sunday? Got a lot to talk about today in the sports world in San Diego. Got a lot going on in San Diego this weekend in sports. We talked about that on Friday on the Annie Nelson Show. But great to be with you on this Sunday morning. Excited to be here. A little tired this morning. And I almost had the nightmare situation where it was very difficult to get here this morning. I had one of those moments where you wake up and the alarm goes off at like 6 in the morning. And you say, turn off to your Alexa app or whatever it is, or maybe you turn the off button instead of hitting the snooze button, and then I woke up again at like 7.20 in panic mode to try to get here on time, but I made it on time with plenty of time. I don't live too far, so it wasn't too bad, but I'm ready to start my Sunday, got my coffee ready. I I planned all my stuff out the night before because I knew it was going to be a long day, so that ended up being a major benefit. Ran the coffee machine to start this morning on its own. Made sure all my stuff was packed up, ready to go. 
Because after the show, I'm going to be going over to USD for the final game of the three-game series between the USD Toreros and the Arizona Wildcats. So looking forward to that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. We've got some great baseball going on in town right now throughout San Diego with college baseball. we got high school baseball and softball starting up. we got CIF championships. We're this weekend on Friday, and then the Open Division championships were last night. And high school basketball, of course, we got college basketball and all sorts of different things going on in San Diego. And we should have some pretty good weather again, so that's that's going to be great. Finish up your weekend before you guys get the Sunday scaries and have to worry about going to work tomorrow. We'll have a, a nice little fun day today on the Braden Supreme Show. A uh, lot to I, that I want to talk about today. Again, follow the show on social media, B underscore S-U-R-P. You can follow me on X, Instagram. Follow me on TikTok as well um, and every other social media platforms. Again, check out all of our stuff on YouTube, 97 Through the Fan SD. You can check out my YouTube page as well as uh, we bring in more content. Also, I uh, just wanted to get that out of the way. And as I mentioned before, we got a lot to talk about, which means I'm not going to take too much time before with, you know, like a long open and anything like that. We're going to get into it because, you know, these two-hour shows, they're, they're, they go by really fast. They go by really fast. We got Aztec basketball to talk about from last night. And I kind of want to start with college basketball because we got a lot of Padres news and notes we got to talk about. Padres baseball off to a shaky start, if you will, when it comes to the overall record of a Cactus League season. Does anybody care? I'm here to tell you that you shouldn't care. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Especially right now with not the entire team participating yet without you know players getting three at bats without most of the starters playing i know yesterday seemed like a day that was going to have you know some starters go i i know sam levitt tweeted out that it was yesterday was like oh this could be opening day roster I, I'm sorry. I mean, if that's the opening day roster for the San Diego Padres, the opening day lineup, oh boy. I'm not looking forward I'm not looking forward to that. With each coming day, it seems like they are totally content with having Jackson Merrill start in the outfield. It's not a problem. Again, we talked about this during the week. I don't know why nobody in the media has said it at these scrums. And maybe they will. But it doesn't matter about Jackson Merrill whether or not he can play the outfield. Because he can. He's a shortstop by trade. It's not a crazy task to ask him to play in the outfield. And I'm not worried about that. You just had a center fielder that could play in the outfield. He couldn't hit. And you sent him to New York. His name is Trent Grisham. I care more about whether or not Jackson Merrill can keep up with a major league fastball. I care more about whether or not Jackson Merrill can hit that big league slider or that big league changeup or that big league curveball. I want to know if Jackson Merrill 
can come out, go on a nice run, maybe to start his career when Major League Baseball adjusts to Jackson Merrill, can he adjust back? You're putting a lot of pressure on this kid to be a stud. And I think he's going to be good. But can we pump the brakes on Jackson Merrill for a little bit? Not that we don't think he can accomplish what we've been talking about, but just on the fact that it's not it's not fair to him, a kid that hasn't played anything higher than double-A ball, to just assume he was going to be an all-star in the outfield. And I don't think a lot of people really think that, but it seems to be the narrative the way we're covering this guy out in Arizona. Let's let's like kind of temper our expectations a little bit on Jackson Merrill and Graham Pauly and you know any anybody else that but Jacob Marcy. I mean, it's great. I, I think they're gonna be great players. Good job for the Padres rebuilding the farm system. Good on the Padres for having some young talent. It's still a year away, but let's let's pump the brakes. The starting lineup yesterday was Fernando. Jake Cronenworth, Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, Hassan Kim, Luis Camposano, Jackson Merrill, Aggie Rosario, Jose Azucar, and your starting pitcher is Pedro Avila. Ignore the pitcher part because they're going to get a lot of guys reps. That's not going to match up all the time with your quote-unquote opening day lineup. And this is not a knock on Sam. I mean, I think he's he's on to something with this could be your opening day lineup for the San Diego Padres. But if that's your opening day lineup, man, it's a lot different than it was last year. Although, if you start looking at it, the the bottom half's not as much different. But you're really asking Merrill, Rosario, and Azucar to, to be maybe more than they can be in 2024. Top five's fine. I'm sure they're going to go in multiple orders of that. Those guys are on the team. Those guys are everyday starters. That's not really that big of a problem. Same with Camposano. I think Camposano's going to have a good year. I think Bogarts is going to have a bounce-back year. Manny seems like he's in way better place this spring training than he was last spring training. All these guys don't have to deal with the World Baseball Classic. I think Tatis is going to have a good year. But as much as I think all of those guys are going to have great seasons for the Padres... I, I don't know. I mean, I to to have your philosophy be we're going to have our stars carry the team after it didn't work last year, it's hard to just go, well, it's kind of a fluke. Let's just go out there and do it again. They really need some help. They need a couple placeholders. We've been talking about that at nauseum. I, I'm tired of throwing names out. You know, more power to Craig Elston who continues to do that. I, I'm not, I'm not going to be participating in that anymore because it doesn't really matter. And it's not an encry- the guys. The guy's trying to help us out. He's doing it, and it's tough right now talking about the Padres and like seeing all of these players get signed by other organizations that are going for cheap. And you're going, the Padres couldn't have this guy. We've talked to some of the the, the Padres people, and you know some of those players don't really fit the org. I, I think that was the case. For Aaron Hicks, which is fine. You know, Tommy Pham has had interest in coming back. I don't know why you don't ask him to come back at this point in time. I I don't want to get really desperate, but I don't 
I don't see a uh, a scenario where the lineup that they had yesterday is going to be super successful throughout the year. Because there is going to be an adjustment period for those young guys, even if they're really good. And the other thing, too, is I'm tired of talking about, it's like, well, Fernando Tatis Jr. did it. No offense to Jackson Merrill. He's not Fernando. He's not. I hope he is. That'd be great. But he's not. He's not Fernando Tatis Jr. I think baseball fans in general have been spoiled by these young stars coming through the ranks and starting and playing at a very young age that we have just all assumed that's a common occurrence. You know, Ronald Acuna Jr. did it, and Bryce Harper, and Ozzie Albies, and you can start listing to all these guys that are currently in Major League Baseball. That doesn't mean every 20-year-old can go up there and make an impact. Still get, be careful with Jackson Merrill because the last thing you want to do is he makes the team because he's competing with Jose Azucar and Eggy Rosario, and he's competing with, and I got the roster in front of me, Tucapito Marcano, and he's competing with Oscar Mercado, and he's competing with, you know, Jacob Marcy and Tisa Ornelas and Robert Perez Jr. and Cal Mitchell. I mean, is he better than those guys? Yeah, but does being better than those players say he needs to be on the major league roster and needs to be starting? They keep talking about, and I mean they, I mean Mike Schilt and the Padres front office and, you know, all of these members of the Padres that are really, you know, giving Jackson Merrill a chance, which I think is fine. I think that's fair. That said, we're going to give him an opportunity. We're giving a lot of other guys opportunities. And if he earns his way on the team, he will be on the team. But what's the, what, what does it mean by earning your way on the team right now? Are they... He's not competing with other, like, everyday Major League Baseball players that are proven. They already don't want Profar to be an everyday starter, which I think is the right move. I think Profar off the bench is probably a lot better for the Padres than Profar starting every day in left field. But the difference is, it's not like Jackson Merrill earned his way on a club with three or four free agent outfielder pickups that you grabbed to make the team better, and he outplayed them, and now all of a sudden you have to cut one of these guys. You know, he might make the team just by default because he's better than Jose Azucar. And Tucapito Marcano, who you already got rid of one time, who just got DFA'd by the Pirates, and that's why you picked him up. He's better than Oscar Mercado. He's better than Jacob Marcy and Cal Mitchell and Tisa Ornelas. He better be. He's a first-round draft pick. So I really think the Padres need to think about trying to bring some guys in. And I know a lot of it has to do with the market at the top not signing. But Cody Bellinger signed last night. Cody Bellinger, late Jeff Passenbaum. Cody Bellinger signed a three-year, $80 million deal with two opt-outs to give him an opportunity to potentially go through this again. So Boris gets his guy money, doesn't give him the big deal, and he's on another kind of prove-it contract with Chicago. I wonder if that's going to open the door for other players now. 
eventually, with each coming day, signing a free agent becomes less and less ideal just because you're not going to have as much time with them in camp. And they do got to get ready. So now you're really relying on them getting ready on their own, which is fine. They could do the workouts. They're going to be in shape. They could take fly balls. They could take BP. But they're not getting any live at-bats. There's a reason why they play games, aside from a monetary standpoint for Major League Baseball. Guys need live at-bats. And with each coming day, you're not going to give those players live at-bats. Here's the other thing. They're probably not going with it. If they don't sign anybody by next week, that player is probably not going to be ready to go to Korea. Are they going to sign somebody while they're in Korea? And then fly them out there? I mean, there's a lot of logistics now for the Padres that play a factor, whether or not they're going to be ready for the season with some of these players. I saw that they're interested in Kike Hernandez. I'm not opposed to that as another utility guy. They're definitely going for the vibes approach if they sign Kike Hernandez. Like Jerks and Profar, I mean, he's kind of like Jerks and Profar. He had a miserable year last year. Miserable. And then he went back to L.A. and played a little bit better, but his slash line at the end was still not super impressive. I don't mind taking a waiver on Kike Hernandez, but I still think you need somebody else. We're going to go through the 26-man roster. Where it sits right now. Who's battling for what spots? What spots are available with the non-roster invitees? Padres have 37 players on their 40-man. They can still add three players to the roster. And that could be maybe the placeholders for Jackson Merrill and Jacob Marcy and Graham Pauly. Maybe that's why they're keeping those open. We're going to talk about that around 8.30. We're going to do, we are going to dive into Aztec basketball. They had a good win last night. They hammered Fresno State, who they're way better than. It's just good to see that they took care of business because because New Mexico did not. New Mexico lost the Air Force at home, which opens the door for the Aztecs in the regular season of conference championship play. They could potentially win the conference championship of the regular season, at least get a share of it, because New Mexico gets to play Utah State at the end of the year, and they are more than capable of beating the Aggies at Utah State. And the Aztecs, half game behind Boise State, get to host Boise State the last weekend of the year. So Aztecs very much in play because Air Force beat New Mexico over the weekend. We'll talk more about that. Huge win for Eric Olin and the UC San Diego Tritons, by the way. Tritons knocked down UC Irvine in overtime. They won 92-88. Bryce Pope has, hits a buzzer beater at the end of regulation to send it to overtime and put them in a tie for first place with the Anteaters in the Big West. They can't go to the postseason. They can't go to postseason play. I know some people are like, oh, they should get a waiver. You're assuming that they'd win the Big West tournament, which is never an assumption. Because with when you're in a one-bid league, you got to win your tournament. And, and it's not, I mean, a team could get hot. I mean, CSUN could go out there and have a dominating performance over a weekend, and all of a sudden the Big West doesn't have one of their better teams in the NCAA tournament. We're going to talk more college basketball in just a little bit. We'll talk about whether or not the Padres should sign Kike Hernandez. We're going to go through that 26-man roster, see who's battling for what spot. There are some battles going on in the backfields right now during spring training. We kind of talked about whether or not the Padres are ready to roll with Jackson Merrill as an everyday starter. We're going to kind of revamp with that at 9 o'clock. College baseball is going on this weekend. We'll talk about in the second hour. 
And then there was a glaring proposal made by the, I'm going to say powers to be, the powers to be in college athletics, that was very concerning about the future of college athletics. I think the players and the big brass of college sports are sprinting off a cliff right now. We're going to talk more about that at 9.30 on the show. Want to get your phone calls to 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. I'm going to pull up the chat as well. All of you guys chiming in on YouTube, social media. Follow the show at B underscore S-U-R-P, at B SERP. When we come back, Padres lineup came out for today's game, which will be heard right here on 97.3 The Fan. We'll get you the Padres lineup today and a little bit more about Aztec basketball as they knocked off Fresno State last night. A lot to get to on the Brayton Supredit Show, live and local on the weekends every Sunday morning from 8 to 10 on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Brayton Supreme Show, live and local, each and every Sunday morning from 8 to 10. Next week, a little bit of a different story. I might be up at uh, Dodger Stadium with the USD Toreros. Their baseball team is going to play in the Dodger City Classic. Take it on Michigan next Sunday at 10.30 in the morning. And so I might be with those guys uh, next Sunday. Got to get that worked out. Uh, but we'll try to get you some weekend programming anyway at some in some capacity, maybe on location. Never know. Uh, we'll talk about that later uh, next week. Thanks again for following the show at B underscore S-U-R-P on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Also at 97 Through the Fan on YouTube at B Serp on YouTube as well. was reading some of your guys' comments in the YouTube chat, and I do want to mention that Padres... Lineup is, in fact, out. We will get to that in just a little bit. 
Um, let's take a look at uh, that lineup against against the Chicago Cubs. For some reason, it uh, changed the White Sox on my uh, on Facebook. Facebook says the White Sox on um, on our description. YouTube says the Cubs. Um, they are playing the Cubs today um, in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, leading off and the designated hitter today is Jackson Merrill. Right field is Cal Mitchell. Uh, Wade's going to play third base. Kyle Higashioka behind the dish. Matthew Batten at shortstop. Graham Pauly at first. Jose Azucar in left. Mercado is in center. That is Oscar Mercado in center field. And then Mason McCoy plays second base. You get to see Vasquez today, which is kind of cool. The Padres' new pitcher, Randy Vasquez from the New York Yankees. He had some pretty good stuff. He pitched against the uh, Padres last year at Yankee Stadium. I'm looking forward to watch him pitch, um, which is coming up again on 97 Through the Fan once we're done around noontime Pacific time. So we're going to have a couple. You're going to have to deal with a couple hours in between with national radio talking about quarterback play and Justin Fields. I I came in today. Look, I, I am one of the biggest football guys in town. I am. I love football. I love coaching football. I got my coaching shirt on right now. I enjoy, I loved playing the game. I love college football. I I wouldn't say I love the NFL. I like the NFL. I would love it more if I had a team. Kind of like the Cowboys, not really. You know, the Chargers were always my team. They left, see you later, don't care about them anymore. Um, if they ever came back, that's a different story. But just to kind of lay out the word, I, I am a really big football fan. What are we talking about? CBS Sports Radio. I mean, we're talking about Justin Fields unfollowing the Bears on Instagram. Who cares? Who cares? This is the time you should probably take a break from talking football. I mean, I know you talk football all the time. It's fine. And I'm I'm a huge... I can talk college football every single day. But came walking in today, and it was... Oh, the Bears... You know, Justin Fields unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. Oh, my God. Who cares? I know there's probably like five Bears fans. There might be more. And San Diego driving around, they're like, oh, well, I'm really interested in what they're potentially saying. But is it great we get to talk about Padres baseball instead on Sunday morning instead of just Justin Fields unfollowing the Bears on Instagram? Who the hell cares? I did want to get to some of your comments on YouTube. We'll get to that in just a second. I do want to mention San Diego State. I already saw somebody chirping at me. He's like, oh, you could just skip that segment. You just skip the Aztecs. No, man, I'm not going to skip the Aztecs. College basketball, is it? there's more than one sport in town. Got to spread the love. Aztecs with a big win last night. Hammered. Hammered. Fresno State. Hammered Fresno State. As they were supposed to. They took care of business. Got the job done. Got a nice little bounce back win. Ladia had 22. For the Aztecs, 73-41 victory over Fresno State. Never trailed in that game. Jumped out to a big lead. Never looked back. Outstanding performance across the board. And that's the way that you're expecting San Diego State to play down the stretch. I've said it a lot. you got to get better contribution from other players. They did last night. Micah Parrish with 10. J-Pal had 14 with five rebounds, Jaden Ledee with a double double, twenty two and eleven. Parrish, as I mentioned, ten and seven. 
You got seven points out of Darian Trammell, and then you got 12 points off the bench from Waters. That's that's the type of effort you need out of the Aztecs each and every night. I know they're going against Fresno State, they're different there, but they're in control now, or at least they're staying alive. I wouldn't, they're not in control of their own destiny because they're not, but they are staying alive in the B- Mountain West Conference play when it comes to winning the regular season outright, which they could still possibly do. They got a they got a favorable schedule here coming up before they have to take on Boise State. They do have a tough game at UNLV. So San Jose State is coming up on uh, Wednesday, Tuesday? When? Tuesday. It's coming up on Tuesday. San Jose State against on CBS Sports Network at 8 o'clock. Then they got a tough game next Saturday at UNLV, which is going to be very difficult before winding up hosting Boise State to end the year. They got a good chance because New Mexico lost last night to Air Force at home. I can't believe they did that. That was really shocking to me. Uh, with, with, the, with the Lobos losing, you're like, well, why does that matter? Aztecs are in front of the Lobos. Uh, New Mexico can beat Utah State at the end of the year, and then all of a sudden San Diego State's getting a share for the title uh, in the Mountain West Conference, which would be great to see. As it stands right now, just kind of quickly going through where everybody's at in bracketology, Aztecs still projected to get a four seed. They're the 15th highest team overall. They got them paired in the East with the top seeds, UConn, North Carolina, and Iowa State as the one, two, and three uh, in the East region. Got to get San Diego State to a place in the South or the West, make it a little bit easier for travel. But Aztecs in a good spot, obviously, uh, with college basketball. Uh, UC, Irvine with a, or UC Irvine with a loss last night to UC San Diego. A huge win for the Tritons that are now tied atop the leaderboard in the Big West. They won the Big West title in baseball last year, even though they're ineligible. So I wonder if they'll get some hardware, if they can uh, outlast the Anteaters of Irvine. Uh, USD uh, got run out of the building last night by St. Mary's, 88-62. Wayne McKinney the third got beat up. Um, I don't know what his status is moving forward, but that was a very, very significant loss for the Toreros last night. In terms of the overall bracket, Nebraska, New Mexico, Nevada, and Virginia, last four buys. Seton Hall, Wake Forest, Providence, Gonzaga, last four in, with Gonzaga being the last team in as it stands right now. That is amazing to me with that, the, the success that they have had. Texas A&M, Utah, Villanova, and Colorado, first four out. Butler, Ole Miss, Drake, and Oregon, next four out. You're all caught up on college basketball. When we come back, we're going to dive in to the significance of the Cody Bellinger signing for the San Diego Padres. Does that open the door for Blake Snell to come back on a more team-friendly deal or a prove-it deal like kind of Cody Bellinger got? Has AJ probably been working on this the last couple of weeks? I'm going to talk more about that. I, I, I think it opens the door a little bit for the Padres to potentially bring back Blake Snell. And I think this starting rotation would be pretty lights out if they had Blake. We're going to talk about that, plus the 26-man roster. Who's battling for spots? Should they add Kike Hernandez? All coming up next on the Brayton Soprano Show on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Sunday morning to all of you in America's finest city. Brayton Soprenit, Brayton Soprenit Show, each and every Sunday from 8 to 10 on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3, The Fan. Hopefully you guys, whether you're listening to us on the way to church or going to get a family breakfast or picking up donuts for the fam, maybe you're out and about getting ready for travel baseball or some type of youth event. I know there was a lot of Little League opening days yesterday which was cool, and I know there's probably more coming up in the next couple of weeks. Thanks for making us a part of your day. You can follow us on social media, at B underscore S-U-R-P, on Twitter, Instagram. You can follow me on TikTok. We do post a lot of highlights of the show on there as well. All of our shows can be rewatched on YouTube. We also break it up into shorter versions of it so you can consume it. There's some more snackable things. YouTube Shorts, we make a lot of those, and most of those get posted as Instagram Reels on my page and the fans page, as well as TikTok. So if you follow all of it, it'd be a lot lot easier to consume for a lot of you guys sometimes. All condensed in a nice condensed format. Uh, I did want to see some of your comments. This show goes by so fast on Sundays. I only got two hours. I don't know how Scraby does it in an hour to try to fit everything in in one hour. I mean, he's got three segments, and that's it. At least I get six, but it's only once a week. So let's try to go through some of these that I saw earlier. Uh, a lot of people talking about Kike Hernandez, potentially. I'm going to get into that in just a second. Um, I agree with Friars on the farm. Merrill's just starting in El Paso. I think that's 100% accurate. Um, I, I, I do like the Kike Hernandez update. You know, the Padres are a finalist for him. I'm not... In love with Kike Hernandez being your everyday starter, but I think with added depth, I think it's a good piece to add, especially since even if here's the even if you have Merrill starting the outfield, I mean, what does your bench look like? It's funny you ask. I'll get to that in a second. Um, yes, I do agree. Brandon six one nine. I'm glad they're giving him a chance, but they're gonna give him a chance every spring. I mean, that's what spring training's for is to take a look at at some of these kids and some of these younger players and throw them in major league games. So that, that's kind of a commonplace. Um, you know, trading for ki- trading Kim to, uh, for a center fielder or pitcher or something like that. I, I I believe that at the beginning part of the year, I think it was a good idea. It doesn't really sound like they're going to be able to do that anyway. You know, Phil chimes in. Last season, they started with Adam Engel and David Dahl as outfielder depth. So having Merrill or Profar is still a step up. Is it a step up? I mean, there's no guarantee that Jackson Merrill at Major League Baseball is going to be an impact guy immediately. 
I mean, his ceiling's a lot better than those two guys, but in his first year, when you when you pull him up to the major leagues, maybe before he's ready, are you going to get better production than Adam Engel or David Dahl? I mean, it's not asking a lot with what those guys did in a Padres uniform. You know, Jerks pro had a bad year last year. Does he only play well in San Diego? I just, I don't, I don't know. A lot to unpack there. Again, if you want to comment on YouTube, you can. You can comment on all of the areas that we are streaming. We are streaming on my Instagram and on my Twitter account, the fans' Twitter account. We're on Twitch. I know. I think there's one of you watching on Twitch. Thanks for chiming in. Um, and then on the YouTube pages and on Facebook. Anywhere you comment on that, I will be able to see it. You can chime into the show. You can also call in 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. I do want to ask your opinion on this. I saw this going around on Twitter. I'm going to add it to the stage. I want to make sure I got this Padres Friars on Twitter or on XAAPF. Not going to tell you what those stand for. Don't know what it stands for. That's slippery slope when it comes to social media. But he put this out there. And should the Padres add a 98 throwback to their uniform mix? I personally would love that. Because I grew up with the 1998 look. The blue and orange. I love the blue and orange. I think it's phenomenal. So credit to Padres Friars. Kind of slap that, you know, put that together. Altering some colors, making it the modern theme with the 98 colors. I think it pops. I really like it. I think to mix one of those in with the brown and gold and you kind of, you know, paying a tribute to both eras of the Padres, really, the brown and gold era and the blue and orange era. You don't have to see the the, the 2000, mid-2000s uniforms ever again. The early 2000s uniforms were okay. They had a little wave, right, with the Petco Park. But I'm not a fan of, like, the ones that they just came from were awful. Absolutely hideous. But I felt, I, I feel like they should add this 98 one. But the other thing, too, with the Padres, which I find interesting, I'm surprised with the font, like, what if they use the 98 pot see the, the the Padres font here on the uh on the sleeve like the one that they used to have on their jerseys I'm surprised they didn't use that Padres font with the brown and gold I think they've done a great job of the uniforms I can't I can't uh I can't complain yes boogie they used to have he's on it they used to have like way back Wednesdays it was way back Wednesdays, and there was the day games, and they would mix in the different the different uniforms. See, I I feel like look, you got the, like the brown and gold only, and then you got like I'm I I could probably guess how old you are based on your opinion about these uniforms. Remember, these are the Tony Gwynn ones. Tony Gwynn didn't like the brown and gold as much as people tried to flip that in their argument to try to get the brown and gold back. Those look pretty tight. I mean, they're the Padres uniforms currently, for everybody listening to the radio, the brown and gold. Thinking about the Padres home white uniforms, the pinstripes, but then change the pinstripe color to blue, and then the Padres across the chest is blue and orange with the blue lettering and then the orange outline, and then the classic Padres navy blue helmet with the white and orange logo on the top, and then the old school Padres 98 logo on the sleeve, the like the baseball club one. 
It's a pretty nice look. I like it. I think it was kind of cool. I wouldn't be opposed to that being a throwback and keeping the brown and gold for the you know the regular look, if you will. But I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, good on a PF Padres Friars on social media. I've always been a fan of that, and I think a lot of young people are you know anybody. Not really too young, I guess. It's basically anybody born from 98, like 90 to 98 when they were wearing those uniforms, that's kind of the group of people that, that really like it or are born right before the 90s that grew up with, you know, watching Tony Gwynn wear the blue and orange. And the road grays, yeah, the reward grays. Um, I think it's pretty cool. But at the end of the day, like, here's the thing. The reason why they were blue and orange was because... One of the executives at the time, I'm pretty sure this is the this is what the story was. Either like grew up with the Mets or used to like watch the Mets, and so he wanted the uniforms to kind of look like the Mets. And so when you think about it from that perspective, it's like, oh well, what are the Mets colors? The Mets are the are like Dodger blue and giant orange, and then you're sitting there going like, well, we're navy blue and giant orange. So I understand that, but I like the '98s. Here's the other problem with the Padres have to deal with. They only have a certain amount of uniforms they're allowed to wear. And they already get an exemption to wear multiple camo jerseys. So I'm pretty sure every team's got like five uniforms they can wear plus their City Connect or four plus their City Connect. And the Padres have one more than that with the military and the Major League Baseball gives them an exemption for that. So you'd have to lose a jersey to add the 98 ones. City Connect does not count. That's part of the that's part of the contract. So they got their homes, they got their alternates on the road, which is actually the sand pinstripes. Those are the alternate ones, but they wear them so much you think they're the road uniforms. And then they got their class their the regular road with the brown and the brown and sand. And they got their City Connect, and then they got which doesn't count, but they also got the two military. So they get the exemption with the two military. I think it's four and the City Connect, if I'm not mistaken. James, we're not saying they change the colors of blue. They could just wear it once a week. Once every two weeks. It's a throwback uniform. I understand. Too many blue team were the only brown and gold. Nobody's saying change the brown and gold. Let's talk about this Padres situation with Kike Hernandez real quick. And then I'm going to get into this Blake Snell conversation. Because I really think Cody Bellinger has set the stage for Blake Snell to come back to the Padres. Because eventually, the Padres, or not really the Padres, but eventually Blake Snell is going to get tired of sitting around coaching travel ball, which I know he's having a great time doing that. I, I love that he's coaching kids. It's so cool. Giving back. So cool. But the Boris 4 is now the Boris 3. There's three guys left. And one of them is Blake Snell. Cody Bell yesterday got a three-year, $80 million contract where he's got to get $30 million in 2025. He's got to get $30 million, or sorry, $30 million in 2024, $30 million in 2025 if he doesn't opt out, and $20 million in 2026 if he doesn't opt out after the second year with the two opt-outs. That's pretty much, to me, a newer version of a prove-it deal. 
which didn't Cody Bellinger just have one of those years, a prove-it year? Didn't he prove it? Holding out for too much money? He gets paid, but he also has the opportunity where if he really outplays his contract, he could go back into free agency. He's really, and I mean, he is really betting on himself on the three-year $80 million deal because he could have signed a longer one about $20 million a year, no problem. I think it's kind of a steal for the Cubs. But do you think Blake Snell would take something like that? It would be a little bit more because he's a pitcher. But the three-year deal with a couple of opt-outs, a little bit more team-friendly, get back into camp, go to a place that you're familiar with, you don't have to change anything, you understand the, the pitching coach. I could see I could see it opening the door for Blake Snell to return as a San Diego Padre. Now, I don't know anything going on behind the scenes on that particular deal. There's no information that I know about this. But with Cody Bellinger's contract, I think I think Blake Snell could return the Padres. Add him to that rotation. That kind of shores up a lot of things with this 26-man roster. Your rotation right now has got three guys definitely set with Darvish, Musgrove, and King. You add Blake Snell to that, that's a we-can-make-a-run-in-the-playoffs rotation. That's not a just-make-the-playoffs rotation. That's a we-can-make-a-run-in-the-playoffs rotation. You already got a bullpen that can do it. I mean, the bullpen, we're going to get to this when we come back at 9 o'clock, but you already got probably five guys committed to that bullpen with a lot of lively arms battling for three spots. You add Blake Snell to the pitching staff? That is a playoff-winning rotation. Not just making the playoffs, but getting into the playoffs. You would have to be some luxury tax issue, battle back, yada, yada, yada. I'm okay with the roster you got and adding Blake Snell. I think you're going to be in a good spot. I like it. Kike Hernandez. Let's talk about him for two minutes before we go to break. Here's what Ken Rosenthal had to say about Kike Hernandez and the Padres in particular because he's a finalist. Padres are a finalist for him. Padres could really use a lefty hitter with power, but they aren't exactly in a position to be picky, and Kike would fill another glaring need. At the moment, Fernando Tatis Jr. is San Diego's only proven starting caliber outfielder. Jack Merrill has a good chance of making the team primarily as an outfielder, but he's a 20-year-old prospect who has spent most of his life playing shortstop. Again, I don't think it matters in the outfield. This guy's, a, this guy's an athlete at his highest level. Jerks of Profar's return is finally official, but the Padres would prefer to use the veteran as more of a bench bat. Like Profar, Hernandez in an early 30s player is an early 30s player coming off a poor offensive season. However, the Padres would be confidently would be would more confidently project him as a big league regular, and he can still play center field where the team's other options include Jose Azucar, Jacob Marcy, and Jackson Merrill who is learning multiple outfield spots as he tries to break into the majors. That's from Ken Rosenthal. I think you could do worse than Kike Hernandez in center field. I mean, that's where we're at right now for the Padres. 
Well, I guess you could do worse than Kike Hernandez. Couldn't do... Uh, I don't know about that. I don't mind Kike Hernandez in the Padres. I think he fits the Padres club. I think he'd have a I think he'd be a good piece to this Padres club. I think he'd be a good asset. I think it helps your bench out a little bit more. It eliminates the opportunity to potentially throw Jackson Merrill to the Wolves to start the season. Kind of ease him into it and get him some reps in AAA and get him some more reps in double A before you pull him up. So I'm not opposed to it, and he's not going to cost you anything. I mean, he's he what like a million bucks, maybe two, three at the most. I'll take that for Kike Hernandez. Padres could use some placeholders, but the more this continues, the less I think they actually are going to sign some placeholders, even though there's some available. The big domino, one of the big dominoes to fall for position players is Cody Bellinger. So hopefully that opens the door for some things coming up in the next couple of weeks because the Padres could really use some more help aside from their young guys. We're going to fully break that down as we take a look at the 26-man roster. There are a lot of spots battling right now. A lot of position spots up for grabs. We're going to talk about that. When we come back, Braden Soprano Show, San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Good morning, San Diego. Time to take your airwaves back from the usual weekend noise with some local sports talk on the Braden Soprano Show. With the stars that they have signed under contract, you can't just punt on a Manny Machado prime. Sports radio catered to the ones who call America's finest city home. Braden totally knows his stuff. He's ready for the next step. That guy is good. The Braden Soprano Show starts now. But I think Braden's one of the up-and-coming young stars in the media game in San Diego. Here's your host. Braden Soprano. Hour two of the Braden Soprano Show, live and local, each and every Sunday on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. We got Padres baseball coming your way at noon right here on The Fan. Jesse Agler, Tony Gwynn Jr. on the call as we will see Randy Vasquez for the first time. In a Padres uniform. It'll be fun to watch and listen to on 97.3 The Fan coming up at noon. I heard Dave Marcus rumbling in my ear back in Peoria. And it's getting exciting for Padres baseball each and every day. We are closer and closer. And good news, Padres fans. We get to start the season before everybody else. Let's talk about some of the things that happened in the chat during the last break. And trying to monitor this as much as possible while also continuing to run the show here on a Sunday. You know, a lot of people were talking about, well, the Blake Snell thing is... I And I don't know if they could afford that either. But I will say, if you can make it work on some type of deal where you can have deferred money or you could throw in opt-ins and stuff to try to sabotage, finagle the CBT and bring back Blake Snell. 
I, now's the t- you might be able to get him on a on a prove it deal because of what Cody Bellinger just signed. Cody Bellinger obviously wanted to get back to camp as soon as possible. What did he do? He went to the team that he was familiar with. He went back to the Chicago Cubs. I was I wasn't done with Blake Snell, but I just uh, I had come to the conclusion that he was not going to be a Padre anymore. And this kind of opens the door a little bit that maybe he could potentially come back and be a Padre next year. Because you can make a couple of things work with that contract. You might have to trade somebody. You might have to find different avenues to control the CBT. As long as you stay under, you're in a good spot. Now, if they were to sign Blake Snell on somewhat of a, quote, prove-it deal, you're done signing any players. You're rolling with the young guys. Unless you pick up Kike Hernandez because he's going to get you nothing. He's going he's to cost you nothing. Other comments in the chat. There was one I saw earlier. A lot of it was about Blake Snell. I, I mean, I think if you have Blake Snell in the starting rotation, you're in, you're in really good shape with how this team is. Despite what you got, you could win with the six guys. Potters need to go after J.D. Martinez. Maybe. I mean, I think a lot of JD. I mean, I, I'm a little hesitant about guys that just recently had success with the Dodgers because the Dodgers have found a way to get the best out of everybody, and you don't want another Tyler Anderson situation. I mean, where a lot of guys that leave the Dodgers don't have nearly as much success. Cody Bellinger obviously broke that. JD Martinez is up there in age. Uh, he's going to cost you about ten to twelve million dollars. Another Boris client. I guess you can make him part of the Boris Four now. Uh, since Cody Bellinger signed. I just don't see the Padres doing that. I mean, look at the the player. They signed Jerickson Profar for a million dollars. They're in on Kike Hernandez. They are making some, like, below $5 million contract signings right now. You look at a guy who has a negative war last year. Uh, not Not really, but at this point in time, this is where you're at. I mean, this is what you're talking about. You can look at the roster. Look at the roster. With what you have right now, Kike Hernandez would be a little bit of an upgrade because he has experience. I don't know what they're doing with Cooper either. I see a lot of people commenting about Cooper. He's another free agent. Garrett Cooper, not bad. He did pretty well for, for the Padres. You'll say Brandon Belt. I think Brandon Belt's in that conversation of J.D. Martinez as well. Let's take a look at that roster. Let's take a look at this roster. You have 37 players that are on the 40-man. So all of those players are eligible to be on the 26-man roster without having to be added to the roster. Of those 37 players... You got to find 26 of them for your 26 man. 13 play- position players and 13 pitchers. Of the position players, you currently only have 13 on your 40 man anyway. In the outfield, you have Jerkson Profar, Jose Azacar, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Tucapito Marcano. In the infield, you have Manny Machado, Hassan Kim, Xander Bogarts. Jake Cronworth, Matthew Batten, and Eggie Rosario. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 
and then you have three catchers. You have Luis Camposano, you have Kyle Higashioka, and you have Brett Sullivan. Those are the 13 players that you have currently on your 40-man roster. Don't have anybody else. That's it. So those players, by default, are your 13 that would make the 26-man roster. Again, you have three opening spots, and I'm sure they're keeping those open for a couple of more signings, hopefully. Or guys like Jackson Merrill and Graham Pauley and maybe a Cal Mitchell. But we'll get to the non-roster invitees in just a second. So those are your 13 guys. Those are your 13 position players. Pitching staff. You're looking for 13. This is where the competition is really fun. You got eight bullpen pieces you got to find. You got five rotation pieces. As of right now, you got three that are guaranteed to be on the roster in the rotation. You Darvish, Joe Musgrove, and Michael King. Other players, according to the Padres roster on their depth chart, that are battling for a rotation spot. Randy Vasquez, who's pitching today. Johnny Brito, Matt Waldron, Pedro Avila, Yuro Iriarte, Jairo Iriarte, Ram Otto, and Jay Groom. Those are your pitchers battling for a rotation spot as of right now, which could change. Bullpen. Also could include some of these guys that are battling for rotation spot. But your bullpen, as I mentioned with the rotation, you got three guys in the rotation that are guaranteed to be on the team. In the bullpen, assuming you know no injuries or whatever, here's your five players that are guaranteed to be in the bullpen. Robert Suarez, Matsui, Peralta, Go, and De Los Santos. Those are your five guys in the bullpen, confirmed. I don't know what they're doing with Adrian Morhone, by the way. He's not listed as a rotation depth piece. But that's according to Padres.com, so take that for what it's worth. I don't know if that's the official depth chart or not, or just the one that they want to show fans. So I know EC Money was throwing that out there. Suarez, Matsui, Peralta, Go, and De Los Santos are your five players that are probably going to be in the bullpen for sure, which means you have Wilson, Cosgrove, Gillespie, Jacob, Patino, Kolek, who has to be on the team, otherwise you give him back to the Mariners. He's a Rule 5 draft pick. Estrada, Reynolds, and Morahone battling for three spots. On top of potentially Vasquez, Brito, Waldron, Avila, Ariarte, Otto, and Groom. Those three spots of the bullpen are going to be filled by some guys that could pitch and be very, very good. I like the way the bullpen's at. They've loaded up on bullpen arms. You need pitching. You need pitching, pitching, pitching. They got it in the bullpen for sure. Starting rotation, little shaky. Maybe they could turn Luis Patino into a starting pitcher. We'll see what Randy Vasquez does today for the Padres. I like Randy Vasquez. I think he's got good stuff. He's still a young kid. Johnny Brito, we saw him a little bit in spring training. You can't live and die by these spring training outings either. You're just going to go nuts. You're going to go nuts. They're working on things. They're working on pitches. They're working on different spots to try to get ready for the season. They're not necessarily worried about you know winning and losing games.
So those are the way everything plays out. I didn't really mention the position players that are guaranteed. I mean, Profar's on the team. Fernando's on the team. Those are your two outfielders out of the four that are on the team. Machado's on the team. Kim, Bogarts, Cronenworth, they're all going to make the team. Camposano, Higashioka are going to be your catchers. That's eight players. You need five left on the to fill out the roster. Right now, it's Azucar, Marcano, Rosario, and Batten, as well as Brett Sullivan. So if you start to break things down, I mean, is Kike Hernandez better than Azucar, Marcano, Rosario, Batten, or Sullivan? I would say he is. I would say Kike Hernandez is better than those five players. You still need a starting left fielder. But if you had an outfield of Profar, Tatis, Merrill, and Hernandez, it's not the worst. It's not the worst outfield. It's it's okay. It's not the best outfield in baseball. It's probably not a top 10 outfield. And if it's any type of ranking, it's because Fernando is in the outfield. It's a very serviceable outfield. But that way you could spot start with Profar and Merrill in the outfield. I don't know if you're going to carry an extra outfielder. I know Marcano can play infield and outfield, so maybe you keep him as a bench piece instead of an Eggy Rosario or a Matthew Batten. But your bench... I mean, your bench is is just super weak. Aside from Jerickson Profar, who sounds like he's going to be the focal point on the bench, who's coming up in the ninth inning where you need a big hit? Are you putting Eggy Rosario there? Tucapita Marcano? Jose Azucar? Are those the players you're throwing up there in the ninth inning when you need a hit? Get a guy off the bench? I mean, come on. Brett Sullivan? I think Kyle Higashioka's a good bench piece, but is he going to be your go-to guy every time he's your other catcher? Got to keep somebody ready to go just in case of an emergency. Non-roster invitees. Jackson Merrill. At this rate, he's making the team. They said the only way Jackson Merrill makes the team is if he earns it. What does that mean? Does he earn it because he deserves to be a starter on most Major League Baseball teams? Or does he earn it because his competition's not very good? What are we defining as earning it right now? Oster Mercado? I mean, is he going to make the ball club? Is Oscar Mercado going to be your starting left fielder? Guys played in the majors for a decent amount. Are you excited about Oscar Mercado? Is it going to be Marilyn Marcy out there? Cal Mitchell's looked pretty good so far, but again, spring training, you can't over-evaluate this. In the infield, your current backups that are on the 40-man that are expected to make this team are Matthew Batten and Eggy Rosario. Your non-roster invites are Castanian, Wade, McCoy, Mondu, Martorella, and Pauly. 
you don't have veterans on this bench. You have a bunch of young, unproven players. Every day that this goes on, where the Padres don't sign somebody, it just feels like they're content with what the roster they have. I mean, I told that that's their thirteen right there. There's nobody else on their forty man roster that's a position player. Those are their thirteen players. Profar, Azakar, Fernando Tatis Jr., Marcano, Machado, Kim, Bogarts, Cronenworth, Baton Rosario, Camposano, Higashioka, and Sullivan. Is that a playoff caliber team? I think they can make the playoffs with the stars they have on that roster. But, man, that bottom half of the lineup, that, that could turn into last year's bottom half of the order. With the only difference of you have some upside because you don't know what some of these young guys can do. But if you got seven, eight, nine of Azakar, Rosario, and Batten, or you got seven, eight, nine of Azakar, Merrill, and Rosario, but I don't know. That team could make the playoffs just because the expanded playoffs and the fact that you have to compete with some other teams in baseball that aren't very good, and they don't even have the stars that the Padres have. I mean, I, I, I went over that a couple of weekends ago. Start going down the list. I mean, who? what team is better than the Padres right now that's not going to win their division? The Diamondbacks? Okay, I'll buy that. The Giants? Maybe? Not really sold on the Giants yet. I mean, if they get Matt Chapman, I think it's a different story. But right now, I'm not really f- afraid of the Giants. That's just in the division. I know you're not afraid of the Rockies. Go to the Central. Central's a Central's ridiculous. Cardinals are going to win that division, and then out outside of the Cardinal, are you afraid of the Pirates? Are you afraid of the Reds? I know the Cubs got Bellinger back, but that was like their only real move. Is it Bellinger and the Cubs that concern you about a playoff spot? Who's con- Is it the Brewers? The Brewers didn't even try to win during the offseason. They got rid of anybody that was worth their salt, including their manager. Who ends up going to Chicago? Are you worried about any team in the NL Central? Go to the East. Phillies? Fine. Fair. Are you afraid of the Mets right now? They just lost Kodai Singa. Have you seen their rotation? Potter's rotation is better than the Mets. I'm not afraid of the Mets. The Marlins? Marlins really haven't done anything either. They picked up Tim Anderson. Potter's could outdo the Marlins with this lineup. The Nationals? The Nationals are like the Padres rejects right now. I think C.J. Abrams would be pretty good, but are you worried about the Nationals? This team would make the playoffs. Can they win in the playoffs? No. I I think it'd be hard-pressed to, to say that that was going to be the case. You excited for this team? Profar, Azakar, Fernando, Mercano? Machado, Kim, Bogarts, Cronenworth, Rosario, Batten, Camposano, Higashioka, Sullivan. That is really high, and then it really falls off. I like the bullpen, though. Tation's top three is good, but you're you're putting all your eggs in those three. 
and you're hoping they don't get hurt. I don't know. I It just continues to point to they have to make another move. They have to make another move. I just don't say, I just don't think Merrill is ready at this point. Again, it's going to come down to hitting. I don't want to see anybody get excited about him making a catch in the outfield again. He is this talented player. He is a unbelievable athlete. He was a first-round draft pick. He's a shortstop by trade. The guy's going to look good in the field. If the guy hit and couldn't play defense, you're okay with that. The outfield is not the concern. Well, he's adjusting his center field. He's adjusting left field. He's an athlete at the highest level. He could play the outfield. I'm more concerned about him hitting a fastball at the major league level, and then after he does that, which I he th- I think he'll be able to do, hitting that big that that big league curve, that big league slider, that wipeout sweeper. That's what I'm more concerned about. Otherwise, you could have just kept Trent Grisham. So for everybody that was against, like, maybe the Kike Hernandez situation, and again, they're not really, I mean, he might be a starter. I think he's better option for you in center field. I mean, look at the roster I just told you. Are the Padres too good for Kike Hernandez right now? I don't think so. They need some depth. They need to be able to get some guys in. So Merrill and Pauly and Marcy can start in the minor leagues and get everyday reps, and then you could use them when they are ready to go. Want to hear more? 328-0973-8383-288-0973. Got the group chat on fire talking about some Padres baseball. Kind of talk some more when we get when we come back. We got the Padres and the Cubs coming up at noon right here on 97.3 The Fan. And we also got a glaring thing in college athletics where I think everybody involved with it are about to sprint, currently sprinting off a cliff. We'll talk about that at 9.30 coming up after the next segment. This is the Brayton's Apprentice Show on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Welcome back to the Brayton Soprano Show, live and local each and every Sunday on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Talking a lot of Padres baseball today. Chat's been on fire on the YouTube chat. Again, if you want to weigh in the old-fashioned way, you can call into the station, 833-288-0973. 833-288-0973. Got a lot going on in the chat. Nice whipping of the Bearcats. Young fella. Yeah, absolutely. New York Mike 8. Good win for the Frogs. In the top four now in the Big 12. they got to get one of those top four seeds to get a double bye in the Big 12 tournament. You think they beat Baylor? Well, we beat them at, in Waco. But Monday is going to be a huge game for my Frogs. A lot of people talking about Trevor Bauer potentially for the Padres. I'm not going to touch that until that starts coming around. doesn't sound like anybody in baseball really wants him back. Um, and then a lot of... Uh, chatting about the roster. We just went through it. I mean, I'm telling you right now, Kike Hernandez is not a downside 
if the Padres do, in fact, end up signing him. And I know they are a finalist for him. Do you want to get some of your phone calls again? If you uh, weigh in on the chat, I'll see it eventually in the uh, in there, and we can uh, talk about some things. But let's get to the phones, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Let's go out to Dave in Spring Valley joining us right now on the Braden Soprano Show. Dave, what's going on? Hey, Braden, first of all, congratulations to your Lady Dons for winning the CIF. That was pretty good for them. That's right, the Lady Dons. Um Getting the victory over Grossmont in Division One was good for them. The, the the basketball program for the girls' basketball teams done a uh, phenomenal job, and so it was great to see yeah. um, them get the uh, the victory the other night. Yep. Hey, real fast, I'm calling about. I haven't seen anything lately, and I think it's probably cooled down. Any new on Tommy Fan coming? I haven't seen anything new. I mean, that, there was a little bit of a spike on Tommy Fan. And the rumor was he was interested in coming back to the Padres, and he still had a good relationship with AJ Preller and all that sort of thing. And then it's just kind of fallen to the wayside. Haven't heard anything more on that. And you haven't really heard anything with the Padres aside from a couple of rumors of, you know, potentially trading for Jaron Duran and Kenley Jansen. Didn't seem to formulate any more than that. You also saw them recently, as of last night with Kike Hernandez, but it's just kind of the Padres are interested, Padres kicking the tires, nothing too much to report on on those kind of fronts. I would like Tommy Pham back on this team. I think I think I the Padres would have uh, a nice little edge to them, and at this point, we went through the roster. I'm, that would be an upgrade in the outfield right now. It would be. I mean, and a solid bench, and, you know, I I would take him over Kiki myself, but you know. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I'd totally take him over Kiki Hernandez, but I would take Kiki Hernandez over Jose Azucar and Tucapita Marcano. I mean, that's that's right. kind of but where Azucar's you're at right got now. Azucar's got some um, upbringing, but you know, up upside. But you know, as of right now, desperately need somebody out there and, or on the bench or something going on because it's. I mean, when, I'll admit, when I think I talked to you and Coach when they got, let Nelson Cruz go last year, that was a heartbreak because that was leadership and, you know, captain or, you know, a nice leader, someone to talk to. And I think Sam can fill in that spot right there and still do some results for that. I think so, too. I, and, and the players love him. I mean, that's the thing. And I, I saw in the comments a couple of weeks ago when this was a little bit more topical and somebody was like, well... You know, Tommy Pham is a clubhouse cancer, in my opinion. I was like, dude, you ever been down there? I mean, they love him. They love him. They love Tommy Pham. Yeah, that's the other thing. How many, and Dave, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you very much. I'm trying to get on to another one, too. But did anybody notice all the players that put out Major League Baseball's thank you to Eric Hosmer post? There's a lot, and a lot of young players, too. I'm not a Hosmer hater. I thought some of his comments were eyewash this week about his podcast. I didn't have time to really dive into that today. I mean, talk about a guy that lives in his own world that doesn't know what's going on. I mean, read the room, my guy. Eric Hosmer. We never had a platform to talk. When's the last time you heard Eric Hosmer on the flagship station? You guys ever hear Eric Hosmer on the flagship station? Give me a break. Didn't have a platform. You could have you could have been on any of our shows at any point in time. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. So the whole like victim card he played, I thought was kind of ridiculous. 
he did bring up some good points. I think he brought up some things that were valid. Um, but he also, I think, reached on a lot of different topics. But all the players loved him. Loved him. Tommy Pham, one of those players. They loved the guy. So he would be a nice little upgrade for this team as well. Thanks to Dave again for the phone call. Let's get out to another one before we go to break. Mike and Carlsbad, you're on the Braden Soprano Show. What's going on? Hey, Braden. Just to get away from the Padres for a minute, I wanted your, your take on John Shy is bitching and moaning and crying over the storming of the court at Duke. Well, he got a player hurt during that process, right? Wasn't that the uh, the kind of driving story? Yeah, but I, mean, I saw the video of that too. Here's my thing on the uh, the storming of the court and the storming of the field. I honestly, I, I think it's kind of it's overplayed nowadays. I I do agree. I think he's he's kind of he's bitching and moaning for for nothing. I mean, you have to understand and and try to find a way out. I think if these schools are going to let their students storm the court, they have to provide security for the opposing team to get them off the court as quickly as possible, especially in basketball right. where it's tight. Like in football, there's a lot more space out there on the field. And I have I have been a part of of court stormings and field stormings. And it's a blast. It's fun, and you're in college. It's really cool. It's a memory that you'll always have for you the rest of your days. That's why you go. That's that's some of the perks of going to college, is for that college experience. That's part of the college experience. But I feel like in the last couple of years, it just seems so overblown. Where and and storming the court against Duke is a big deal. I mean, that's that's fine. But I, I feel like it's a little overblown. I mean, how many times have you seen San Diego State lose to somebody on the road and they, they storm the court and it's like San Diego State's not even ranked? And I see it a lot in college basketball. I see it in college football a lot. You know, Clemson storms the field after every win and they just say it's a it's a tro it's a tradition. We always storm the field. I, I to me I think I think it's a little bit overblown now for the storming of the field in the court. But I I do also do think it's kind of sour grapes when you Use your post-game press conference to bitch and moan about it, Mike. Exactly. That's the pot calling the cattle black. I mean, the Duke fans are the, uh, the worst. Oh, dude. You know, that's, that's, I think it's a fair assessment. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, you got anything else for me, Mike? That's it, Brandon. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Good job. All right. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate the phone call, as always. Uh, store corming, field storming. I... I think it's overplayed. I to me, the only way you storm a field is if you beat your rival on like a last second play. Jeez, headset just exploded in my ear. Or you're beating a ranked team that's ranked higher than you, and you're not ranked. Like Tennessee, I was part of the. I, I got to storm the field with. The Tennessee Alabama game a couple years ago. Tennessee they 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 didn't beat Alabama like twenty years, and Alabama was ranked, and Tennessee beat them on a game winning field goal. That's a justifiable field storming, but you see some now. It just feels like kids just storm the court just because like, hey, look, oh, look, look at me, look at me, look at me, I'm storming the court. This is so great. I'm gonna put it on Instagram. They don't really get to enjoy it anyway. The whole time they're looking at their phone, through their phone, as they film everything so they can show everybody on their social media platforms, oh, it was part of a store, storm, uh, uh, court storming. I do think it's kind of overplayed. 
That could be my like old man yells at clouds moment. But I, I do think there's a time and a place to to storm a field and to storm a court. And some of them are getting kind of ridiculous. If you do it all the time, it loses its luster. I remember when I was a kid, we used to go when when my parents would take us. We were fortunate enough to go to Disneyland. It was like once every couple of years. And I remember a couple of times, you know, when we were really little, we'd be like, oh, man, it'd probably be so cool to live by Disneyland. You could go all the time. And my parents would be like, well, then it would, wouldn't be as special if you went all the time. You wouldn't get that same feeling if you go all the time. Now, I know there are some people that love that have season, annual pass holders that like to go. They go all the time, and it's, it's a great experience for them. But I do think that applies to sports in a sense of if, if it happens all the time, I think it really loses its luster. I think that's with storming of a court or a field. Happens all the time now. It's not nearly as special. It doesn't. It's not like, oh my god, what a game! They stormed the court. I also think the same thing could be said about this kind of day and age of the look at me players. I mean, last night I was doing the USD Arizona game for baseball. San Diego hit a grand slam in the bottom half of the seventh inning. Austin Smith, local kid, by the way, from Granite Hills High School. This this guy, talk about a game in college baseball. This kid drove in all six runs. He had a solo shot, he had a sacrifice fly, and then he had a grand slam to drive in all of USD's runs, all six of them. And then he goes out on the mound in the bottom of the eighth inning with two outs, punches out a wildcat, and then strikes out the side in the ninth to get a four-out save. A one-man wrecking crew last night. But anyway, Austin Smith hits a grand slam. A huge moment in the game. And then Arizona in the next inning, in the top half of the eighth, after two outs, they hit a home run, and the Arizona player bat flips. And I, I mean, the bat went so high in the air that when the high home camera was following the ball out of the ballpark, you saw the bat flip up and come back down. He threw that bat so high in the air. For a solo shot to be down two runs. It's like, dude, sick. You hit a home run. You're still losing. I don't get it. I, I just, I, it's just, it's so overplayed now. I'm not against bat flipping. I think it's sick in the time and the place. But now when you do it for every home run, it's like, was that really cool? Was that really sick? You're still down two runs. Like, what are you super excited about? Or is it just about you? I said this on air a couple of weeks ago about you know, the bat flips. Jose Altuve, I'm not a huge fan of Jose Altuve, especially after the cheating thing. Jose Altuve last year in the postseason hit a huge home run. Like, it was a big spot for the Astros. He hit, like, either a game-tying or a go-ahead home run. Guy ran around the bases like it was no big deal. That was badass. Guy's been there, done that. Yeah. Do my troll around the bases. And you know why it seemed more, why it was cooler? It was cooler because it doesn't happen as much. 
think a lot of things are starting to get overplayed. The other thing that's overplayed, I'm so tired of watching guys on a turnover in the NFL sprint to the other end zone and pose in front of the stands. I mean, are you kidding me? It's cool when you don't do it all the time. But when you do it all the time, it's not cool anymore. I and and right now, the look at me, the bat flip, the I, it's just not. I don't know. It's just it's losing its luster to me. The, the court storming. There's something about doing it in big moments and in select moments that really emphasizes that moment. And I think a lot of people, and I think it's right, Mr. Elmore's Music Lab, the IG generation, 100% true. It's the generation of kids that want to be part of that, and at any opportunity to do so, they're going to do it. I'm not against storming the field. I'm not against bat flips. I'm not against the, the turnover chain or whatever, you the celebration on the sideline. But it's cool when you do it in a big moment. When Fernando hit that home run in the postseason when nobody was there against the Cardinals in 2020, that was the huge home run that they needed in the game, and he did his bat flip. It was cool. But if you do it every time, it's just it's just eyewash to me. Time and a place. Time and a place. Not too much time left on the Braden Supprentice show. They're not might there might not be a lot of opportunities for these kids to storm the court in the future. Or storm the field in the future. Because college athletics is now sprinting off of a very deadly cliff. And I'm going to tell you what happened this week that has me concerned about where the direction of college athletics is going. And why there might not be a lot of college sports in the next 10 years. We'll talk about that when we come back on the Braden Supprentice Show. San Diego's number one sports station, 97 through the fan. on a Sunday morning. We got Padres baseball coming up on 97th of the Fan at noon. I'm going to be here for the next couple of minutes as I finish up the latest edition of the Braden's Apprentice Show here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3. The Fan live and local each and every Sunday. Again, I want to mention you can follow me on social media at B underscore S-U-R-P, B-S-U-R-P, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Follow me on YouTube as well. Uh, B Serp, uh, you get tagged on all the fan stuff on YouTube. 97 through the fan. Get all your other fan needs on YouTube. All of our shows are streamed on YouTube now and archived on there. So if you missed any part of the show, you can go on YouTube and watch them. You could also follow us on the Odyssey app. Be sure to like and favorite and subscribe on the Odyssey app. And wherever you get your podcast, I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. The shows will be on there if you want to listen to it only and not watch. Which is totally fine uh, if you missed any part of the show. Go on Spotify right now and Apple Podcast. Type in the Brayton Supprentice Show and be sure to give us a follow and a like on those platforms as well. Like this video, all of you guys on YouTube, make sure to give us a like. Drive the 
algorithm, drive it on social media so we could try to get as many views and, and people to tune into the broadcast as possible. And thanks again for all of you guys for uh, taking a little bit of your Sunday with us to enjoy talking San Diego sports. We talked a lot about the Padres, so if you want to go back and listen to that, it's late. It's for the majority part of the show. We mentioned a little bit of the Aztecs again um, earlier in the show as well. We got Padres baseball against the Cubs coming up at noon, as I mentioned before. But I do want to say about some of the local colleges in town. It's been an interesting week for college athletics, for the powers to be. And again, you got to view everything looking at the forest instead of the tree in front of you. And we could get down a serious rabbit hole here. I think Ben Woods, don't they have like a rabbit hole segment or something? Where Woods goes down a rabbit hole? I'm going to go down one right now with college athletics. So here's the news that happened this week. The college football playoff committee decided to, which makes sense because of the fact that Washington State and Oregon State are in a two-team conference and the Pac-12 is no longer considered a power conference. The college football playoff committee decided to go from, instead of six conference champions making the college football playoff, they are only going to have five guaranteed conference champions make the playoff with seven at-large bids. That's what they decided on. That wasn't the only proposal, though. The other proposal is they're thinking about a 14-team playoff already. Interesting. Forever, they used to say, we can't make any money on a playoff. Nobody wants to watch the playoff. Let's just stick with the bowl games. We like having writers pick our champion. We could never do a playoff. They told us for years. And before they even get to a 12-team playoff, they're going to come up with a 14-team playoff? I don't know. I don't necessarily know where I like where this is going. I, I mean, I was in on expanding the playoff to 8 to 12 teams. Sounds good. I'm even in favor of 16. I don't mind that. But it's like, we're going to expand that already. We've gone through it one time. And they're already looking, how early can we expand the 14 teams? Because the other proposal that the Big Ten and the SEC wanted, that nobody else voted on because they know it was ridiculous. So they got to find a way to get their money somehow. Was the proposal that the Big Ten and the SEC would both get four teams guaranteed in the 12-team playoff. Which would leave four teams left for everybody else. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I know where this is going. The NCAA is obviously not part of this conversation, and they are no longer going to be part of any college athletic conversation. It seems like in the near future, they're pretty much worthless at this point. And all the conferences are now calling the shots themselves. And the most powerful conference is the SEC and the Big Ten. Not because they're good, but because they have the most fans. What does the most fans equal? Most eyeballs on a television. What does TV care about? How many people watch their product? They're the ones that give out the big contracts. The SEC and the Big Ten wants as much of that money as possible because they know they're supplying the most of the ratings. It's not because Nebraska is good at football. It's because Nebraska has the middle of the country that all are diehard Cornhusker fans for no reason. 
because there's nothing to do in that part of the country. The Big Ten and the SEC get the biggest TV contracts. Therefore, they think they should get the biggest share of the TV money. you got players that want more money. They want to be considered employees. Fine. Go ahead. I'm in favor of NIL. I'm not in favor of pay-to-play. I think you're going down a very slippery slope right now, college athletics. Not only in the players sprinting on a, off a cliff that are going to impact the future of players of college athletics, but also the highest entities because they want the biggest contracts. If ESPN and Fox Sports give out the biggest contracts to the Big Ten and the SEC, which, by the way, these contracts are not as successful as they've been. They're not making as much money off of these because of the cord cutting, because of streaming, the direct consumer. That's not necessarily the greatest business plan anymore. ESPN can't afford to pay all of these broadcast rights fees, especially not the direction they are going. They're going to have to pick and choose. And if they pick the SEC and the Big Ten, everybody else is going to drop down some more which means they're not getting as much funding for their athletic department. They're going to have to make some cuts. they got to pay the student-athletes now, too. Again, I'm not against that for NIL, but the pay-for-play is getting out of hand. And all of these schools, especially the ones in the Power Four, that are going to try to keep pace with the SEC and the Big Ten are going to start realizing they don't need the other sports aside from football and basketball. They'll keep the women's sports that they need for Title IX purposes, but they're going to start lopping off men's sports. And then when they have enough men's sports lopped off, they're going to start lopping off women's sports because they're going to want to chase that bag because that's what funds their athletic department. I don't really like the way, I don't know, really like the where this is going right now especially for schools like San Diego State and USD and UCSD, who just jumped into D1. Are they going to be able to compete with the NIL of the big boys? I don't necessarily know if that's true. Are they going to make their own league that's just scholarship only? Is that league going to get as much money in the TV contracts? Are people going to care about that league? San Diego State already has a problem trying to get players, or should I say people in the seats for their football games. If they're at a different level than all the other schools because they're not participating in the highest level? Are people going to care as much? I need way more time for that subject. We'll talk more about that in the week. Might put it on my podcast. I'm Brayden Soprano. It's been the Brayden Soprano Show. Thanks again for joining us today. Padres baseball coming up at noon. Enjoy the rest of your midday national programming until the Padres come back on and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow from 10 to 2 with Danny and Elston on 97.3 The Fan. Thanks again for downloading the episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to follow me on social media at B underscore S-U-R-P. Subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to tune in to the Braden Soprano Show each and every Sunday from 8 to 10 in the morning on San Diego's number one sports station 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.